1: Today, I'm continuing to share a conversation I had with Teresa Greco, one of my certified mental freedom practitioners, where we interviewed each other about our collective experiences with the ideas of mental freedom. This is part two, continued from last week, February 1st. Teresa Greco is a happiness life coach and the host of the weekly internet TV and radio shows called The Steps to Happiness Show with Teresa Greco and The Happy Hour with Teresa Greco. She is a three-times best-selling author, an international speaker, writer, and editor of a Canadian lifestyle magazine. Teresa is an educator and educational technologies consultant who is pursuing her PhD in transpersonal psychology and happiness. As a coach, Reiki master, and spiritual guide, She holds workshops and mentors others about embracing, honoring, and loving their true authentic selves and achieving their own personal happiness and fulfillment. I'm so grateful for the conversation we had and wanted to share it with you. Clarity and Unconditional Trust Challenge go hand in hand because now you have the clarity to see what they wanted in that moment, and you also get to see the best behavior they had to get it. Now that you can see that, you're not trying to change them. You're trying to accept, okay, this is who they are. This is what they wanted. Now you, and this goes back to the first one about responsibility, you have the responsibility to decide what, if any, changes you want to make to your relationship with this person based on your newfound clarity. The decision you make is totally your responsibility, but aside from that, What I hope happens when you accept this unconditional trust challenge, you can stop judging other people for the things they do. You can start to develop some compassion, like, wow, you must have really wanted that thing, whatever it is. And you might even be sad that that was the best behavior they had to get it. But you develop this compassion that can lead to forgiveness. I'm not a fan of forgiveness. Like you're forgiving for them. You're forgiving for yourself. Because I really am connected to this unattributed quote that says, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's what you're doing when you hold a grudge. What kind of mental freedom is that? So you want to let go of those, I'm so mad because of what you did and say, wow, I understand what you did. Maybe I'm sad about it. Maybe I don't like it. Using the unconditional trust challenge doesn't mean you have to be happy about what people are doing, but it will give you the clarity you need to redefine the relationship. And sometimes it's even end the relationship if that's what you need to do. And on the other end, it might be, wow, I see who you are now. I'm going to jump right in head first, full bore. I love the Unconditional Trust Challenge. And believe me, if you read my book, you'll understand what that was born from. But it was born from pain. My pain (laughs) was trusting these two people in my life to be the people I wanted them to be. And they had a different agenda, which makes so much sense. If you read the book and you read this example, you're going to say, well, Kim, of course. But it wasn't that obvious to me at the time. I've forgiven them both, and I still love them, and they still love me, so it can all work out well in the end, but I'm not putting myself through mental anguish like I was during an entire weekend. Mm. That's the unconditional trust challenge for me. What was it for you?
0: It's important, too, that we always go back to Glasser's five basic needs, understanding that people are always doing what they need to do to have those needs met or those containers full. And that they're not always full, they're fluctuating, different things happen. And then in our attempt, in many cases, it's not even conscious for us. But because of the circumstances that are happening, we're trying to fill whatever need might be running low for us at that time understanding and knowing what those basic needs are is where weeks two tool the one that you just shared is that you can now understand by looking at someone's action and saying oh okay i see that they were just trying to fill their freedom bucket when they decided not to do this work at home that i really needed them to do so back to my kids they have certain chores that they have at home and they won't do it because they're out having fun with their friends <laughs> (laughs) Or getting their love and belonging fulfilled because my daughter has a boyfriend. I can see how in those moments she chooses to fill those buckets over the ones that I want her to fill it really does bring you that clarity and understanding of what was that motivation that drove their choice in doing whatever it was that they had to do. It's not about whether we like it or not. That's important for us to understand, Kim, is that we cannot control anything outside of ourselves. Nothing. Not those closest to us, not people in our community or our country or the whole world. All of that is outside of our control. All we have control over is our response to it. When we can realize that, that you have no control over anything outside of yourself, you can release all of that, that expectation, those perceptions around why people do things the way that they're doing, all of that, you can let go of it. Now you can realize that you have complete control over what's happening in your own life. I like to use the analogy of that all of us are in our own happiness bubble, that I say I'm in my bubble, my happiness goes everywhere that I go, but I have complete control of what happens inside of that bubble. When the different things happen to me, I can think about what am I doing inside of my bubble? That's where the lesson about the narrative you're in your head is so important. When you realize that 99% of how we see the world is our own personal perception. One percent is actually how it is. You and I could be looking at the very same object or situation, looking at it in completely different ways. And that's because we're basing it on our own background, our own experience, our own knowledge, all of that. So can you imagine 99 percent? that's why you give the example of a traffic accident and why a police officer will try to get the perspective and information from a wide variety of people to try to get to the truth. Because the truth, the 1% that's yeah. there is, okay, let me ask everybody else that's all looking at it through their own 99% of their own lens lens. There are so many great elements and nuggets of information that even within the six weeks, there are so many great examples, too, that you incorporate in the program that, as you said, the curriculum is the same. So when you work with a certified practitioner, they are delivering the program as you intended it, but also bringing in knowledge from their practice and information from the participants in the program,
1: too. Right, I think that one of the most effective ways to teach is through stories it's how i teach so part of the mental freedom certification program is to develop your own stories so you can take mine right out of the curriculum and put your own stories in there whether they're yours or stories from your clients so that you are feeling these concepts you have been living these concepts and you're not just talking about some concept that i dreamt up you're talking about how it affected you because our clients need that connection. It's the thing that makes you more authentic is, hey, I've been where you are. I use this principle. This is how it helped me. That's how I've constructed the program. That's what I think makes it effective. I talk about the head, heart, and hands of mental freedom. And I talk about how you can learn the principles. You could read my book, You could um, read the curriculum and you'll have the principles. They're in your head. You have knowledge. You know what they are. You might be able to regurgitate them on a test if we had such a thing. But that's not good enough to be able to really use mental freedom in the world. You have to get the heartfelt sense of mental freedom by applying it to yourself and making different choices and experiencing different outcomes and feeling the increase in your mental freedom. Once you've experienced that, then you can use your hands to help other people when they are in their own distress. But if you try to go right from head to hands... That heart piece is missing and clients aren't going to feel it. Your friends aren't going to feel it. They're going to think, oh, yeah, you read a book. Big deal. (laughs) It's like, tell me how this really works. That's where the stories come in. They're so important because that's what connects with people. People like a good story. Don't make up stories. Don't pretend you've lived this. You have to give real examples because clients know the difference. People know the difference. You don't have to be a client. Anybody knows the difference between something that really happened to you. You can feel it. It's a heartfelt sense that this person has really been through what I've been going through or something similar Mm -hmm. and what they're talking about made a difference. That's why when I'm looking for trainers to do the mental freedom program, because I'm not going to be able to train everybody who wants to be trained, I'm looking for people who had a significant transformation in their mental freedom experience. The way I'm going to know that is through their stories. It's important. Mm -hmm.
0: Two parts that I want to draw, because I want to connect to what you just said, just how it applied to me. I want to point out the fact that the great thing about this program is that once you know the tools yourself, as you said, you've gone through that head, heart, and then you're at the hands part, that you're able to help other people with the information that's the other great that I had people in my program. I had different cohorts of groups that they were able then to share those tools with their kids, whether they were teenagers or a little bit younger than that, that they were able to apply these tools and say, let's look at the story that you're telling yourself. And is this true? Is this right? Can you be 100% positive? All of the different parts of it. That's the other great element of this is that it really does then extend out to those that are in your circle, those that you can also empower with the tools. I love that part of it too. When you were talking about sharing your personal stories, that for me is really important. And it was some of the feedback that I got back from the people that worked with me that they said, Teresa was really vulnerable with us that allowed us to feel like we could be vulnerable with her, that she shared very personal information. They saw me cry at a couple different points with some of the information that I shared from my own happiness journey. They then felt that there was a safe space there for them to be able to share some of the things that they were also working through. That part is so important. It happens on the group level and the individual So do you have any thoughts about how the program is different, whether somebody chooses to go with the group option or whether they choose to go with the
1: one-on-one? Sure. There's pros and cons to each. The good thing about doing it individually is you get 100% of the attention. It can be very personalized to you and your experience. You also have the privacy of not sharing what's happening with anyone unless you choose to share it with the person that you're working with. In the group experience, you get the benefit of other people's experiences. Mm -hmm. And you realize like you shared when you were talking about the beginning of your happiness journey, you felt like nobody would understand what was going on with you. But Mm -hmm. when you go into a group experience, you realize, oh my gosh, all the connections like I had that happen to me and I felt this way. I thought I was the only one. And now you know that you aren't. Also, in the group experience, it takes a little bit longer. It's still six sessions, but the group experience will be two hours long instead of one hour for individual. That's just a little practical piece. And it costs less to go through the group experience than it does the individual experience. There's benefits to both ways. So it just depends on what is the experience that you want to have. And you may have the group experience and decide, you know what? I really wanna do this on my own. I wanna go through the individual experience or maybe you'll start it with the individual and say, I'd like to hear what the group has to say. It's not either or, it doesn't have to be that way, but I think you should start where you're the most comfortable and what your budget will allow. Those are the two big differences.
0: Mm -hmm. Even the combination aspect, too, that somebody could decide to go into the group, but then realize that as they're applying the tools to different things that have happened to them in their life, that they may want someone on one time with the practitioner to be able to really maybe go a little bit deeper into, into what some of those things could be.
1: Right. When you have a group, you may only have five minutes of processing after you get the information for each individual person, and somebody may want more than that. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. I've heard you mention this before too, that for people that are considering getting certified in your program, that an element or a comment that you've heard is what happens if I have a client and I only work with them six times and now they have all the information that they need to know to help themselves and then they don't come to me anymore. So it's <laughs> like a short lived relationship, which in cases like therapy where people could be in therapy for years and from the stories that I have heard from even some of my clients, because I feel like therapy or counseling is different than coaching. You shared the difference of how the counselors are applying mental freedom versus how the coaches are applying it. So there is that difference, but it's different than just coming and opening up and venting about something that you're upset about, and then walking away with no practical tools or suggestions about how you help yourself. How did that work? you just go and you vent for an hour, pay a lot of money to do that. But then the person doesn't give you any practical tools to say, okay, this is how you get yourself out of that situation, or this is how you can look at it differently. What's your comment on that when people say, well, why would I want to get certified on this when people don't need to then come to me for years? That's the part that I love because we have empowered people with the tools they need to help themselves and adding mental freedom as a tool in their toolkit. This is not to say any of the tools that we incorporate. They're not the be all end all. When I decided to become certified in your program, I have lots of other certifications too. So it was like, oh, amazing. Here I have another tool that I can include in my toolkit that when I work with my clients, it's like, okay, I can use a bit of this. I can use a bit of that. Or I can just use this exclusively if that's what the client wants. But it is about arming ourselves with a whole bunch of different tools and skills that we can apply to, again, any situation that comes our way. What would you say, again, just to that comment about the six sessions?
1: I find it funny. I taught a therapist once. He was one of my first individual clients in mental freedom. He's an owner of a practice with about 60 counselors. After the first session, he says, oh, I want to bring you in. I want you to teach all my counselors. This stuff is amazing. And by the end, he said, I can't bring you in. If you teach my therapists how to cure people in six sessions, I'll be out of business. I just laughed because... First of all, that will never happen. You're not gonna be out of business. In fact, what will happen is your clients will be done in six sessions and they'll tell everybody they know, I have this therapist that gave me everything I need in six sessions and I don't have to go back again. It is stunning how your practice will expand and grow. I know mine has just by word of mouth with people learning mental freedom, they're sending people to me and it's such a joy to be able to, Empower people to help themselves and to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot is going to depend on what the primary need of the counselor is. Because if the counselor's primary need is connection, They're going to feel like they're not doing their job if they don't stay connected with their clients and help them through all of the things that they might be going through. So they're going to want to keep them coming. And if their need is, and this is the ugly side of that, but if their need is survival and they need this client to keep paying their weekly fee so that they can pay their own bills, They also have an interest in keeping them coming. And I'm not trying to disparage any counselors, but I have had counselors come to me and say, my boss, who owns this big counseling practice, says I'm discharging clients too soon. It hurts the budget. I know that that's a real consideration. But people like you and I, Teresa, who value significance Mm -hmm. and freedom, we want people to have that for themselves. So we don't want them to keep coming to us forever and ever and ever. I love sending my clients out into the world with these tools and saying, you have everything you need. If you run up against something and you get confused or you're overwhelmed or you need some additional help, come back. I'm always here for you. I'm not abandoning you or leaving you. And if you get done with the successions and you feel like you're not ready to end, I'll continue to see you for some time until you feel equipped enough to go out and do it on your own. But I never feel a need to try to keep people connected to me because I feel that there's a bigger spiritual connection that happens when you've been the person that's been able to help someone or have more self-efficacy or be able to solve their problems better. So I don't think you have to worry about running out of clients. I think you'll have more than you can handle. My goal with mental freedom is to eradicate self-creative misery in the world. That's my goal. I don't think I'm going to reach it by the time I'm done doing this work, but I also am trying to collect younger people who can help me carry on that goal into the future. And maybe at some point there's going to be a world where everybody knows all these tools. And that will be amazing. But then there'll be other things that they need to learn. So I'm already thinking about advanced mental freedom because there's some things that have come up that aren't in the first book. And so maybe we'll extend mental freedom to a second set of six sessions as people start to learn the first and we find there's layers that haven't been addressed yet. That'll be an advanced mental freedom. So (laughs) I don't think it's limiting. I actually think it's expansive. Have you found that also?
0: Yes. And we, you and I have talked about adding some other layers to
1: the program,
0: such yeah. as a more spiritual component to it, that I think it's in there. And me being so tied to the inclusion of our spiritual self. That for me, happiness is an innate quality of our spiritual self, that it's not just a state of mind, it's not just an emotion, that it is a state of being, that happiness is who we are, and that it's about aligning the other aspects to ourselves. For me, that spiritual component is an important piece because it is an element of ourselves that we need to incorporate. And it is like that fountain of youth inside of us. It is that place within us that is always whole, healed, and complete. So it is essential that we also include that part of ourselves in the healing process, let's say. We've talked about being able to add, having that additional layer on top of it, and maybe highlighting that a little bit more in the program. Where it is right now, it just really applies to everybody. And I think the practitioner is able to really gauge who they're working with and how much they could bring that element in. I always feel like there is no accident to things, that everything happens for a reason. And I know that the people that I work with, the universe has brought us together together. I know that they're most likely open to be able to talk more about that component while we're going through the mental freedom program.
1: Yes, it is written in there without being explicitly stated. So someone like yourself as a practitioner, if that's some area that you concentrate on, you can find examples of that throughout the program. And one of the biggest ones is consistently asking yourself, who do I want to be? It's that being essence that you're talking about. Do I want to be happy? Do I want to be free? Do I want to be significant and powerful? Do I want to be safe? Do I want to be joyous? When we know what we want to be, then it is about just aligning our behavior with that process of becoming that person that we truly want to be. That's what mental freedom does for people. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in actually explicitly writing that spiritual component part for mental freedom. So I don't want you to think that that's not something that's on the table. It is. But I've got to get this book out first. We have a publication date. I haven't been able to share that with you because it just happened yesterday. I had wanted to publish in January. That was my push. Sometimes when you have mental freedom, you have to be flexible with things. And my flexibility has brought me now to a definite publication date of June 5th. So the book is coming out in June. That's just going to be an exciting time. And if somebody is listening to this and they want to get notice of when the book is actually available, of course, it'll be on Amazon and other places. But you can go to courses.olverinternational.com I'll give you this link because people may not know how to spell over and all of that. It's forward slash MF hyphen book hyphen excerpt. You can get one of the chapters from the book. You'll get that right away. You can read it and decide, is this something I want to read the rest of? And I'll send you an email when the book is available. That's just a link I wanted to give people in case they want more. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. I was just away last week in Mexico and wrote the last word. So it's with editing now and it's going to take some time with them. But June 5 is the date.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting. Yes. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Now, Kim, we've talked about so many wonderful things in our chat today. And I know you also had a list of a couple questions to highlight some components. I feel like we've touched on a lot of them, but was there something that maybe you wanted to ask me as well?
1: We covered most of them. There's two that I would still like to ask you. I know you were one of the people that so kindly agreed to help me with the research. So you got certified for $1. That was the deal. (sighs) If you were willing to help me with my research and you did by using this with clients of your own. So one of the things I wanted to know is in your application of mental freedom, Did you or your clients experience any light bulb moments that you're willing to share with us? Of course, protecting confidentiality. Mm -hmm.
0: I had a client who is now in her 40s who felt that an experience that she had as a teenager with her first boyfriend. There was some abuse there in that relationship that she was carrying with her and noticed that she was bringing that into her current marriage. Although her husband was an amazing person, she would never have to fear him doing anything of the sort of like what happened to her when she was younger, but she was carrying that she's probably thinking about it sometimes, but even on a subconscious or unconscious level, how it gets applied to everyday situations that would come up for her. And she was able to use, in particular, the lesson, the narrative in her head, that she was carrying around a story of that situation and her part in it all, going through the tenets of that tool that particular week allowed her to really think about the story that she'd been carrying around from that relationship and her participation in it and things that he had done to create a whole new story, one that brought her so much peace and that she was able to let go of this pain that she had been carrying for so long. There were so many wonderful breakthroughs through the whole time that I worked with her, but that was the biggest one. There were many. She also had a background of depression where there could be moments where she'll go into depression and then work herself out of it. She really felt that mental freedom at the time that we were working, she felt herself going into one of those episodes again. But she was so glad that she was working with me at the time because I was giving her the tools that she was managing to cope through what was going on. Coping skills, again, are skills that many of us don't have. We're not taught how to cope through situations that happen. She was really able to not have to go into that dark place because we were in the program at the time. This aha moment for her around being able to let go was so healing for her. She could really come to a place of forgiveness for herself that she had been carrying the role that she played in the relationship. She was able to realize that she was a young girl at the time. And with the information that she had, as you said, for week number two, she did the best that she could. And same thing with him, that under the situation and the knowledge he had, that he was doing the best that he could to get his needs met. And was it the right way? Was it the just way? Was it the good way? No, no. Again, it's amazing that it wasn't just to say just that week with the narrative, but oftentimes we find the tools overlapping each other, that we can use a component of this and a component of that to be able to work through whatever it is that's upsetting us. There is still a bit of a stigma around therapy and counseling. And a lot of men are like, no, no, I don't need that. I don't need that. This is not what this is. This is giving everybody, doesn't matter what age you are, the tools that you need to be able to work through. And it is empowering yourself with that knowledge so that you can do that for yourself.
1: Yes. And one other thing I thought about as you were talking, two things, actually. The first one that I'll say is we have six tools, but there's no requirement that you have to use them. Because sometimes we are willing to sacrifice our mental freedom for something that's more important for us. The first lesson about responsibility, and we talk about you increase your mental freedom when you stop taking responsibility for other people, but it may be more important for you to take responsibility for your adult child who might be using drugs inappropriately. You may want to do that and say, I'll sacrifice my mental freedom. Of course, we talk about what that might be doing to their child in a way that may have you make a different decision, but you don't have to implement any of this program if you don't want to. It's information that you get that you can use when you're ready or when you want to. That's one thing. And the other thing that you talked about that I wanted to say when we were talking about the unconditional trust challenge but didn't get to was, I think, one of the most powerful parts of the unconditional trust challenge is we get to use it with ourselves. And the regrets that we have from our past, when we can recognize that no matter what your regret is, if you think back to who you were in that moment, you know you did absolutely the best thing you could to get what you wanted in that moment. You might say, oh, but I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this. Yeah, but it wouldn't have gotten you what you wanted in that moment. And that's why you chose to do what you did. I can say that with certainty without even knowing what your moment was about. I really like that because from that, then you go to understanding and compassion and forgiveness. All of us, the biggest relationship we have that gives us the most trouble is the relationship we have with ourselves. If we can learn to forgive ourselves for those past transgressions and recognize we were doing the best we could, it's really going to help. One of the things I've come to say about mental freedom is if you scroll through Instagram or Facebook and you see these beautiful memes about, you know, you can only control yourself or the most important thing is not what happens to you. It's what you think about what happens to you or your response to it or all of these things that have become just pat sayings that we all know are true. Well, maybe not everybody, but most of us know are true. But it's like, okay, so now what? (laughs) So, yeah, I know that. But it's with the stories that you realize where you're not following that meme. Also, mental freedom gives you the tools to be able to understand how to actually do that. It's not just read this thing and say, oh, yeah, I got it. That's the head stuff. You learn the more uh, how to actually implement that. The last thing I wanted to ask you, just because we've talked a lot about mental freedom since our association, and I wonder if you had to boil it down to just one thing that you like best about mental freedom, what would you say that it is?
0: That it's a return to peace mm. for me. Mental freedom and peace feel so synonymous to me in that our essential self, is loving, at peace, and happy. It is our natural instinct to be that, although the world pulls us away, so it's important to know what we can do to bring us back to that place of peace. And our peace is not, you know, at the meditation center or at the yoga or, or wherever location you think you're, or on vacation, wherever you think it is. Peace is who you are. (laughs) You bring your peace everywhere you go. And when you make time to connect with that peace at the yoga center, when you're out in nature, when you're on that hike, when you're exercising, when you're listening to your music, whatever it is that you're doing, where now you're like, oh, I feel so at peace. It's just because now you're tuned into it because it's always there for you to feel. Mental freedom is that return to peace that in any moment, if you have the cheat sheet, you could look to that cheat sheet if you can recall all of the tools, maybe in that moment to say, okay, which tool can I apply to return me back to the piece that I am?
1: Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. It has just been such a joy for me to be connected to you and have this mental freedom journey together. And I thank you for the opportunity to talk about it today and to hear your perceptions and your experiences with it. I just want to thank you so much again.
0: I want to thank you so much as well for selecting me to be one of the practitioners in your worldwide network of people to have selected me to be one of your Canadian practitioners. Every week, I was so excited to know what was the next tool? What was the next tool? (laughs) Every week. And I still feel like that when I teach it. It's like, I can't wait to share the next tool with you. Because they are, they're such, honestly, such great tools. It's because you gave us the choice. You said, if it doesn't resonate with you, you don't have to go through with it. And I was like, oh, no, you had me hooked right from the beginning. I have certifications and a whole bunch of different programs that for me I feel like okay, it's another tool, another tool, another tool that I can add to my toolkit that'll allow me to help other people and to help yourself, of course. When something pulls me away, I recognize it right away. I'm like, I'm out of alignment. What can I do to bring me back? And I have a whole toolkit of things and mental freedom is one of those tools that brings me back to that place of peace. So I wanna thank you so much for allowing me to be one of your certified practitioners that I was able to help you with that research process that also is amazing because it adds that extra element of credibility to your program that there was research that was involved in proving the efficacy of the program you had so many people from around the world that were all collecting that research that all contributed to when you're going to put that out and release all of that i thank you so much thank you for your time today and in being a part of the show And allowing the both of us to really talk more about what mental freedom is all about and how it can make a difference in the world, because that's what you and I are doing. We're just trying to make a positive difference and trying to help as many people as we can. So I want to thank you as well. Thank you. Now, Kim, just one last thing. If people want to learn more about you, sign up for your book that's going to be released find out about the certification process. If it resonated with someone who's thinking that they want to add this also as another tool to their toolkit as a practitioner, where can people find out more?
1: Well, I would send them to my general website, which is Olver and that's spelled O-L-V as in Victor, E-R, the word international.com and international is spelled out. So Olverinternational.com Everything about mental freedom is on the mental freedom tab. So you can click on mental freedom. You'll find out about mental freedom, coaching, the certification program, the book, everything you want to know about mental freedom is there. You'll also see that we have coaching programs. We have publishing that we do. We have a writer's group. There's a lot of things happening at Old International. But the main thing that we're doing these days is mental freedom. And I can't wait to share it with people. I already gave you the link for the book, so I'll send that to you and you can. And add that to the show notes. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when we'll be continuing the conversation about mental freedom with Lois Napton, another mental freedom practitioner. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then.
0: This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.